We'll touch base again to keep all of you posted on the American Revolution too. <laughs> yeah, the American <laughs> Revolution again, Jesus. Oh my god. We don't know what we're revolting from, but it's happening. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Crypto Basic Podcast. Brent Philbin is here. Kareem Baruke is here. Adam Levy is here. And it is time to talk about the Fed. We are having an episode about the Federal Reserve. First, before we get into that little anecdote about a scammy situation that you'll want to stick around for for the end. It's hilarious. And then towards the end of the episode, things go a little bit off the rails. So feel free to tune out as soon as we start talking about COVID and stuff like that. Sometimes we can't help it. And uh, it's it's not our fault. But the meat of the episode is really important. It's really fun. We're talking about the Fed. We're talking about what they're doing, what we think about what they're doing. And we're making some great comparisons to football and soccer, which, of course, is also football. Anyway, you know what it is. It's time for the Crypto Basic Podcast episode on the Federal Reserve. I don't even know how many of these we've had, but it starts right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Crypto Basic Podcast. My name is Kareem Baruch, and I'm sitting here with my co-hosts, Brent Philbin. What's up? And Adam Levy. Good morning, USA. Yes, or not USA. Good morning, Vietnam. Or not Vietnam. I don't know if we have that. Of course we do. Well, good morning, planet Earth. Yeah, thank you. There. Adam. Thank you very I'm much. So Good worldly. Morning, planet Earth. And of course, today we're going to talk about our favorite topic, the US. <laughs> 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 no, but for real, guys, this episode is going to be a little update on the Fed. We've been talking a lot about the Fed. I think there's a lot of connections. This is our monetary policy. And. There have been some recent announcements that seem to go in the direction of what a lot of the doomsayers in the cryptocurrency and gold silver space have been saying for a long time, right? Fed's out of control. They're going to have to keep printing money, all this kind of stuff. So today's episode oh, is excited. a little update. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get there, I have a little uh, that's a scam that we Ooh. need to, to just touch on real quick. That's so, a scam. That's yeah. another scam. <laughs> I was... Now, please keep quiet until the end. A few days ago, I was in a Discord, and I was invited to a poker tournament for a birthday. And I was like, you know, well, maybe I'll do it. I guess I'll join. I joined the, the poker tournament. Let me tell you, the guy who won the poker tournament, it was the guy who organized it. It was his birthday, and he had a pair on every hand when he went to showdown. It was the most ridiculous thing on planet Earth. Complete scam, obviously, was created for just, you know, to get all the people given their 20 bucks. That man's name that ran that tournament that had the birthday that won it was Adam Levy. Oh, my uh, God. I knew that's where it was going. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, God. Adam, oh, you created uh, a non-random generating script for a poker tournament <laughs> to give yourself all of your friends money? That's nuts. Yeah, it was amazing. I really I hooked him good. I hooked my mom. Uh, I got like, you know, like everyone in there to just give me all this money. Ooh, I mean, that man, that that's pretty funny. But that, 
It is true that I did win my own charity <laughs> tournament. <laughs> there are certain things that I want to let you guys know. Um, yeah, I organized it. It was fun. We did it on Zoom. And by the way, Zoom and poker online, it, they were, they're were they made for each other. Like every poker site needs to enlist that really? or something. Like it is so much fun. Kareem, like next event, I, I'm just going to do it like every couple of weeks or something. We should definitely hop on and have a little fun tournament. Uh, that said... It was like 18 people in there. We had 320 uh, It was $320 we were able to raise for charity that went to the bail project. And then on top of that, someone's friend caught wind of this. And they said that uh, – I can't really name the, the company. But they said they would double the uh, charity of whatever I'm donating. Because I, I ended up winning and then I donated what I won, which was like $100 for first. And uh, then, like, it ended up being nine hundred sixty dollars that was given to you know the bail fund, which is kind of dope. That's pretty. That's awesome. awesome. Also hilarious. We were down to five people, and Adam hadn't figured out the payouts yet. So he like <laughs> he wins a pot, and then he's like, "Uh, all right, it's gonna be like a hundred for first. And we're like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." Now that you win the pot. <laughs> like, I didn't want to win the tournament. I kept like trying to to min i was like min raising like eight seven offsuit like under the gun like eight handed like i just was trying to punt but like not like completely punt you know like i I didn't want to just go all in with nothing that said i started playing i covered my whole cards i started playing like with like just being like oh does brent have it does he not have it and i never had it it didn't matter. Like, <laughs> look at he, face. Of course, he didn't have it. <laughs> yeah, and then eventually it got to the point where, like, I called a raise with Deuce Three offsuit and flopped stop. the boat. I flopped the boat. Like, I couldn't stop. It didn't matter. Whatever Brent did, I was <laughs> unstoppable. I was gonna win, and then I won. And Brent made it heads up though, so you know, well done to him. He got sixty bucks for his efforts. So this God. whole thing was actually a real indirect, subtle brag where Brent wanted to somehow talk about how he hasn't played poker. No, you know what? It is a brag. I was able to get second, second place, place in a rigged tournament where somebody <laughs> could see my whole cards. Yeah, that's a big brag. How I do mean, we know that he didn't rig it to get the easiest heads up competition? This might have just been a, you know a rig to get the crypto basic uh, you know podcast kind of plug in there we got first and second <laughs> in an 18 person tournament pretty I impressive mean. jj also played she made sure to to bust out super early and complained about the dealer it was great and <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah right, everyone, right. yeah and not enough uh, that was that was fun though it, it, was, it was fun great maybe if we actually do more of these i'll post in the discord for crypto basic if anybody wants to join us so yeah it was super fun um, It'll be an interesting thing. That's why I wanted to bring it up mostly. And now... You know what else is we... fun? <laughs> Expanding your balance sheet using an SPV. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Of course okay. it is. <laughs> <laughs> what? So much fun. Right. It is fun. So, guys, I'm sure you've heard about this tiny entity in the United States called the Federal Reserve. We've talked about them before. And they have made a pretty big announcement, actually, this Monday. The Federal Reserve announced that it's going to start buying individual corporate bonds. Now, why is that significant? Well, we have to basically understand what the Fed's been doing. All of this, when we talk about the Fed putting money into the market in order to help stabilize it, what the Federal Reserve was doing was buying indexes for the most part. 
right? Not going to individual companies and buying like individual right. stock assets or anything like that. They were buying indices, just coming into the market to like provide some kind of liquidity, some type of second of buyer, let's say. So going to back up a little bit here. When I was reading this, I, I had some terms I wanted to learn and define. So the goal of the Fed right now, and the reason that they're doing this is to, quote, support market function and ease credit conditions. So in order to do that, the Fed has taken one of their subsidiary companies, which is called the Secondary Market Corporate Credit Facility, SMCCF, right? SMCCF, a very wieldy <laughs> acronym. Yeah. So the, the article starts with basically saying that they are expanding the the functions of the SMCCF. So I'm like, okay, what is SMCCF? And they're like, oh, it's a special purpose vehicle launched by the Fed. I'm like, oh, okay. What the hell is a special purpose vehicle, right? <laughs> so, yeah, you're already two steps beyond where most people went on that article. They're just well, like, oh, cool. Right. So we have to learn here, though, because I really kind of wanted to understand what the mechanism is. And it turns out, essentially, an SPV is a subsidiary. It's like a separate company that the Fed creates. And then this company has a separate balance sheet. And essentially, in the financial world, you can use this to, let's say, insulate risks. You could take a bunch of financial assets and put them in a company and say, like, you know, if the parent company goes broke, it's not connected to this. Or if this company goes broke, uh, you know what I'm saying? It, it essentially creates a bubble. It's a company with unique financial assets. And an SPV, the only thing that it can do is acquire or finance uh, specific financial assets. So it's not like you can create an SPV to do whatever your business does. Like Apple couldn't create an SPV that sells iPhones, but they right. could create an SPV that buys and sells so, uh, or that holds some of the assets that Apple wants to insulate from their main balance sheet right well could they buy like uh, amd or something like that like a like a microchip processor I, I don't know so i don't know all the specifics but my understanding of it is that they could they could for example um use it to securitize that like they could say okay we're gonna have this risky venture but we don't want to expose basically all of apple or all apple's investors to risks so we're gonna create this new entity that has some of these assets and then people can invest in that as a percentage of the SPV, but it's legally separated. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. So the Fed made an SPV That's to right. avoid themselves from going bankrupt. They well, won't have... <laughs> what in the... So, so in this I, case... I see Adam's having the same problem Kareem did while he was reading the yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, one of the things that an SPV does... It, let me rephrase that. Because an SPV is a separate legal entity, in the case that one of the two companies went bankrupt, yeah, they would be protected. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's precisely why the Fed created it, but it does separate the balance sheets. So it is in some ways a sense of like saying, okay, so here's all this company. It's not really us. It's a subsidiary, right? That's separate. Its assets are guaranteed, but then it's going to go buy all this stuff, right? And again, the important part here to remember is that up until now, the Fed was only buying indexes, corporate indexes, right? But now the goal is essentially the Fed is saying, we want to make sure that banks continue to lend to companies and banks are not going to lend, are more likely to lend to companies if they know that companies have access to capital. And therefore the Fed is stepping in, essentially artificially creating demand saying, 
hey, we're going to be not just going from the last resort, we'll be the last one here. Because what they were doing with indexes, you could think of it like almost like automated, where they would buy certain indexes up to a certain amount every day at market price, and they would avoid indexes that were considered, let's say, overvalued for a particular reason. So it's almost like the Fed is maintaining a minimal floor, but that's eliminating risk, of course, and it's making people throw money into the market because now the Fed is coming in and guaranteeing that now they're going to take it a step further, right? And yeah, if you know Bitcoin has a government that's putting in a buy order at 9200 it's a lot easier to to make a buy at 9300 or whatever. Exactly, exactly. In crypto terms. It's, yeah, exactly. If the Fed's like, hey, we're going to take like you know, 50 of the main cryptocurrencies and buy a couple of million dollars, you know, to make sure. Now, the equivalent of that would be to buy stock, which they haven't started, individual stocks, which they haven't started doing yet, right? But these corporate bonds, which I remember are more like the loans, the Fed's right. coming in and buying them as long as they are due within the next five years. And this is, you know, it's essentially considered to be an expansion that a lot of critics are taking the position of like, this doesn't necessarily make sense. Like we're really creating a scenario where now if the Fed can go in and give specific companies loans that essentially they can later default on, it's kind of like the Fed's picking winners and losers. The Fed is creating artificial demand in the bond market and it's expanding the balance sheet through a subsidiary, but it's expanding the balance sheet and therefore like the total portion of the economy that's- That they control. That essentially they control, right? Yeah. And and it's also changing from what was considered to be passive, just buying ETFs at fair market value. Now this this program is seven hundred and fifty billion dollars worth of corporate bonds is what they can buy directly. Now, Brent, what's the what's the cryptocurrency market cap right now? <laughs> oh Jesus. Uh, two fifty, two eighty. Yeah, okay. no, I have no idea. Uh <laughs> let, let, let me let me tell you. Let me go to the y'all trusty coinmarketcap.com brought to you by Binance. Uh, two sixty six, two hundred and sixty six billion dollars. Okay, so there you so go. So three times the cryptocurrency market. Gap. Right, and, and the other thing that's interesting that was worth noting is this wasn't really considered to be within the scope. Like, there's no law that specifically says they can do this. It's more like an interpretation of a certain clause. Like they're not really supposed to be doing this, but it's now it's one of nobody really said they can't, Kareem. Right. There's some legal kind of they're towing the line. Oh, but look, technically, if you read it this way, you know. But the important part here, guys, is that we could argue that the one part of the economy that's not, in theory, needing the help. Like if you were just looking at this survey, let's say that this decision's made sense. It doesn't really seem like the stock market and companies being able to access capital is the main problem right now, is it? And yet, like, you still see the Fed continuing to feel the need to like dump more and more money that goes basically to corporations in different ways, which could be indicative that the Fed sees a lot more trouble than what's letting on. Like, maybe if they don't have this access to capital, banks are going to shrink up. And you could just see this kind of downward spiral. Right. They're trying maybe they're trying to get out in front of a too big to fail scenario like we used to have because they know how people reacted to that. That's an interesting thought. I mean, I know anecdotally, I'm this is nothing to do with banks, but there are Austin businesses that have been here for thirty years closing every week. There's a new one. There's uh, this massive brewery called North by Northwest that closed down. There's one of the number one like indie venues is closing down. Like I, 
I'm going to tell the listeners something that I did that I've never done in my entire life. Since I started putting money into my IRA, I've never done this. And I know Kareem was a little bit out ahead of me on this, but uh, I converted 100% of my IRA from index funds to cash and gold. And then, of course, I have crypto assets. So I'm not telling you to do that. That is not financial advice. I'm just telling you that I did. That's a lot. I did, I did that like three months ago. I was just like over it. I was like, uh, and the only reason I did it was because it, the swings for a freaking IRA were like 10 to 15%. It started acting like cryptocurrency. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want this. Like this maybe seems, this seems better in also apparently, um, the only reason I did it was because they kind of graced you on the tax. Like yeah, the, they oh, turned off any of the tax penalties. Right. Yeah. Because of COVID. Yeah. I did not yeah. get from that. That's a great but point. but still like it was just like it just seems sketch and granted I I think like right now I, I would be evenish but it still just feels like I I don't want my what's the point of having a secure fund you know for your retirement if it's uh gonna swing ten to fifteen percent per day right and, but see and this is where like the incentives have gotten so crooked because think like we all know that the underlying value of the companies and the economy doesn't reflect a booming stock market like that right but it's almost like you know i have friends that make the argument of like look look you know that the fed's going to keep putting the money in so like i have a friend that remains invested in the market and thinks that it's a strategic mistake to not take advantage of the fact that they're artificially inflating the market and i get that because in some ways He's right, right? And like these people that I've have thought about kept, that also kept the money on there are rolling high. But this is exactly what is meant by saying now the Fed is inflating the bubble, right? Their job is supposed to be to take away the punch bowl. And instead, you know, this analogy gets used a lot, but they're like adding to the punch bowl. The, the whole point of the Fed to add some control, right? Because in theory, we should let the market be, we should let there be price discovery. That's the whole argument of the free market. The Fed is supposed to prevent extremes, right? If we don't have enough money in the system, they can loosen it up a little bit. And that's like adding to the party by lower interest rates. If it's going absolutely absurd and money's flying around and credited and everything, they're supposed to tighten things up a little bit, bring us back down to earth by increasing interest rates and tightening the money supply. What are they doing instead? It's just like zero, 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 QE, print, all the money goes. It's also going straight to uh, corporations. Like, Let's be real, guys. Here, like, if you want it, we've talked about this before. If we wanted to stimulate the economy, is just giving corporate loans the best way? Like, are there? If we're just gonna put seven hundred and fifty billion into the economy, are there other efficient ways that we could help people that needed it, or homeowners that needed it, or students that needed it? Uh, you know what I mean? Or workers that needed it? I don't know. Man. It's it's. I can't of- think of any other way, Kareem. <laughs> it, it, I, I think we just need to give it to the corporations. They always have our best interests at heart. They always act very pious. Wow, pious, pious wanderer. Should we ban that card too? No, okay. Um, that's oh. a magic. No. Um, <laughs> so I have a question: Are the people behind the Federal Reserve are they like Trump cronies or like, or is like Jer- is it Jermaine Powell? Jerome Powell. Jerome Powell has he just been in you know since before it had nothing to do with Trump? No, no, no. So Trump did pick Jerome Powell, but I think. I think that based was it like on the, a Mattis kind of pick. No, it's not or, even that. I mean, he was supposed to be a serious person okay. and everything, but it goes back to the situation that if you look at Janet Yellen, if you look at Bernanke, if you look at Alan Greenspan, which are the last three chairs, the bottom line is that they all act the same. 
because what you're doing is you're putting a figurehead on a ship that has incredible momentum and pressures, right? So it's one of it's like how much power does the president really have? We talk about that, right? How much power does the Fed of does the head of the Federal Reserve really have? Well, the pain of not implementing some of these of not implementing the money printing would be too great for them not to consider. So they're always going to print the money. Right. And then the the levers of power that determine how the money's distributed, who has the lobbyist in there? Who's going to have the access? Who's going to be able to, you know, is it going to be mom and pop corner unlimited or is it going to be Walmart, Starbucks, Google? Is it going to be the lobbyist groups? Is, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it makes sense, but I hate that it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like for the average, average American, it really sucks. However, it seems like you can't have Google or all these massive companies that really are running America, running the internet, maybe running the world to some extent, falling apart. Is Google like being bailed out? Or, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of companies that, but like certain, I mean. Well, I mean, that's kind of a little bit of a segue for another story, which is that right now, the Treasury Department, Steve Mnuchin, when the stimulus package was passed, there was supposed to be certain oversight where Congress would get to see who got the money and where it was distributed. Right now, Mnuchin is refusing to give the list of the companies and the entities that got a lot of the bailout money. I don't know if that's also going to apply to this corporate buy uh, bond program. I know that it's apparently, it seems like a bunch of senators and Congress people took some of those personal business loans and they don't want it disclosed and all this stuff. But it <laughs> look, it's like you read about, it, I, I kind of have to go nerdy here because what I studied was history and it's 99% of the time not that useful other than the fact that it gives you like kind of like analogies or you see kind of patterns, you know? And I feel like a lot of times when you're reading about really stupid stuff that people did in the past, it seems like how could they not see where this was going? How could they not see that this was a train headed right for the wall, right? Like the powers that be are like shooting themselves in the foot, right? Like people in France are hungry and Louis XIV is spending a bunch of money on his gardens and bragging about how it, or whatever, right? Like, of course they're going to flip out and this is not the time to brag, right? Let them eat cake. But that's literally the thing that it gets so bad that the ruling classes or the system becomes so in, unable to function, disconnected from the society. They're not responsive. They're not really like, they don't see the parody in it. You know, like everybody would have thought, oh, you're not going to have another bailout like 2008. Really? Really? Are we not? It's, it's, are the, are the levers of power better distributed? No. Do we have more correct people in Congress? No. Do we have a more distributed power between the branches of government? No. It's but just- we've got a Republican president now, Kareem, instead of, instead of a damn liberal. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, let me it's say something. Like it doesn't too. matter. Yeah, I have to say, I have to say this as somebody who's uh, definitely more on the left than I am on the right. Don't think that a Hillary Clinton presidency, from the perspective of the Federal Reserve, would be handling this any differently. I, right. Aside from all of the clown ship that is, surrounds Trump because of his incompetency and whatever, this goes deeper. This is about how our system has been run for decades, right? Like if you look at the people that Clinton and Obama would have appoint, appointed and the people that Clinton would have appointed, they're the same group of Wall Street like kind of it's the same insiders group. whatever you yeah, want to exactly, say yeah exactly exactly the revolving door i'll give a little analogy here of kind of how the fed's arms are arms are seemingly tied in these scenarios even though they may or may not be when you're talking about football 
the amount of time that it is correct to go for it on fourth down is significantly better than the number of times that the coaches will actually go for it. And the reason is because if they go for it and fail, that's all that's being talked about on the next morning's broadcast is how the coach made the bad decision to go for it on fourth down, no matter how correct it was. Everyone on the planet remembers the Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl. All they had to do is give Marshawn Lynch the ball and win the Super Bowl, but they refused and they passed three times. Now, I don't know if it was right to pass. I don't know if it was right to hand him the ball, but that's all that was talked about when you make a bad decision. So are you talking about in Atlanta? The, uh, yeah, years ago. Yeah. When, uh, yeah. They, it was the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots game. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a hundred percent right to uh, run. I remember watching it and being like, they should have ran that ball because they need to kill a timeout. But yeah, continue. Yeah. So what the point is, we're talking about that years later. So if they had yeah. gone for it on fourth down in some space when they shouldn't have in our minds, we'd be talking about it years later. But it may have been c- the correct decision. The same thing happens in soccer with uh, penalty kicks. Uh, the penalty kicks are a kind of a two person simultaneous action game where you have three choices, left, right or middle. But the goalkeepers almost never stay middle, which is because if they stay in the middle, it's almost like they didn't try. And then it looks bad on the goalkeeper. So they have this like pressure to jump left or right, even though it may not be technically a better decision. So the same thing in the fourth down in football is what we're seeing in the Federal Reserve here. All of these factors are lining up and they know that the acceptable decision so that they're not roasted in the morning is to keep going in the same direction that every Federal Reserve chairman has gone in the past and do the exact same things. Because if they decided, you know what, fuck it, we're going to do this this new thing against and we're going to like we're going to let the economy try to sort itself out for a minute. They would if it worked out badly, they would be the most hated person in the world. There's no such thing as it working out badly. The process will be extremely painful, period. Right. Right. And it would take decades for historians and economists to know how it all played out and if it could have played out faster. So, like, basically, it's just it's almost like those movies where the main character or something like tells a lie and then he's about to get caught. So he has to tell another lie and tell another lie. And then like halfway through the, you know, whatever episode or something, it's like he knows that it's the continued lies that have gotten him in deeper and deeper trouble. But at any point coming clean would now mean that they have to suffer the consequences of everything that's been done. Right. So in a lot of ways, it's like when the fed stops, all the suffering begins all at once. Right. Yeah. And, and nobody wants to be the person in charge when that's the case. Right. I'm sure this is obviously a big assumption, but I'm pretty sure Jerome Powell right now is just like looking at his watch, like, when the fuck does the next Fed chairman come in? I need to GTFO. That's what I that's what I believe. On. Does he automatically get replaced on a new president or could he be another four years if Trump were to win? And no, he doesn't get automatically. Um, for, first of all, Trump has been complaining about him. He, it's even mm. weird. He, Trump wants him to be even more aggressive. He's been lobbying for negative interest rates. Right. You, you mean Fox News has been asking for that. So, <laughs> well, Trump has. <laughs> so that. then Trump watches it and he's like, you know what? I'm going to talk about it this morning. Yeah, it's it's a weird relationship there. But um, and to answer your question, no, like there is a term period because I know like Trump had the Fed he didn't appoint for a little while into his presidency. I don't know exactly how much though. Okay, so there's some so there's some overlap. I, I we don't know that. I will say my favorite Trump moment in recent history is uh, his bragging about walking down the 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 <laughs> ramp. That that was like I'm in love with it. That is exactly what like my grandpa would do. He would just like walk down a ramp and be like, oh, man, did you see that? 
it was so steep and I made it all the way down without falling. <laughs> no, man. Sorry. You, yeah, now this, uh, the, I don't want to, I don't want this to No, stop it. Episode, stop it, Kareem. Yeah. Is there more to your article? I feel like if you don't, if I don't, we don't stop I'm you done. right now, it's I'm over. done. I'm done. I, I mean, here's a prediction. Just, I do have a prediction for you guys. It's not revolutionary, but it will not be that long based on the trajectory, based on the momentum. It will not be that long until our central bank is buying individual stocks in the stock market. Jeez. That's what I, that's, that's what seems to be the game that we're getting at right now because nobody is. And then they just get to pick which companies live and die. And you can only imagine the politics behind that. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. And and again, zombie companies, right? Imagine like from from the perspective of a poker player, imagine if like a poker room manager got to just randomly subsidize some of the poker players, right? Imagine how many losing Which poker actually players- happens. Think about how uh Staking. how bad that is. Not not that, but what what will happen is like poker poker managers what they do this has happened a lot. Uh the the kings something in or there was one in Miami that was doing this. They'll make a guarantee on a prize pool. They'll say, we'll have at least $10,000 in this prize pool, which means they get less than that, that they have to pony up the money. So what they do is they put players in the tournament and say, I'm staking you. And they, instead of ponying up the money, they just now have a player in the tournament that they get half of their money if they win. And it, it happens a lot. So right. yeah, that that is, there is actually a thing in the poker, and and it's that. also important to remember when we say this that now the Fed is going to own indexes, corporate bonds. It's going to own like shares of stock pretty soon. Let's remember that the Fed is not a public institution. Let's remember that they are not part of the United States government. They are a private institution. That's what's really crazy, and the money that they're creating is created out of thin air. So we're inflating the money supply. Inflating one specific asset class, this is also going to exacerbate inequality. How? Because who owns all the stocks? Who owns all the corporations? Right? So, right. so all of that is going up. It's not like your home prices are going to get inflated because of this. It's not like your asset prices or your salaries. So this is... Uh... All right. So I decide to run for presidency or president in 2040. Uh, I, I, I'm like, you know what, Brent? Taking you, VP, let's go. Levy Philbin, 2040. And then I get in. Everyone's like, yay, Adam Levy, woo. And then I want Kareem to be heading up the Fed. How do we deal with this problem? It's the same problem 20 years later. Um, so if Kareem was the Fed and didn't care about ruining your political careers. Yeah, I, I don't care. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> Dude, this is not an easy problem yeah, no. to solve. But we're not macroeconomists. I, no, so no, no, no. We I, that's kind of. I just kind of wanted to highlight that, even my, though, like, yeah, it's just like a lose lose situation. It is a lose lose situation, but I will tell you this: my inclination, if I know that I'm going to be hurting the economy as a whole by creating to inflate money, and that the only way I'm going to be able to solve this problem is by inflating money, my main goal would be to make sure that that money is distributed and entering the economy from the bottom up, because I know that capitalism tends to suck capital and wealth up. If you have money, it's easier to make money. If you don't have money, it's harder to make money. So if I infuse the society with money from the bottom, it'll literally trickle up. 
all of those people that get money will immediately go to the major corporations, the major businesses and hand over their cash. They're going to give it to Apple. They're going to give it to General Motors. They're going to give it to Snapchat and ad revenues or whatever. If on the other hand, I go straight to the corporate boards full of millionaires and billionaires and I say, hey, you know that fancy financial trick that you did that had some risk and now that risk is coming home to roost. Forget about that. There's no risks. Now you get to add a couple extra zeros to your bank account and you can put it in Bermuda so that you can avoid paying taxes on it. Then no, I don't think that that's going to stimulate the economy the way that they want. So I'm not saying that it would solve all the problems, but I feel like it'll improve the velocity of money and it would cause a lot less suffering so that people wouldn't feel like our society's crumbling, like the people that can't have employment, the people that feel like they're you know, drowning in debt, right? So we would also have a lot more stability, I think. Good answer. Uh, I like that answer. Um, you'd be, yeah. I'd be called a socialist and burned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, burned to the stake. Yeah. That'd be, uh, that would be the end. Our libertarian presidency would never hear the end of it. We'd be like, no, what have you done? Yeah. <laughs> We've put this socialist evil person in the, in the, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of a wrap for what's going on at the Fed. There's no easy answers here. Things are getting worse before they get better in the U.S. with the virus. The protests are... When I talked to our editor the other day, he's like, you guys are basically having a revolution there, right? You know, from from an outside perspective of somebody in Greece, he's seeing the U.S. tear itself apart. And, I, you know, I don't know what constitutes a revolution, ideally overthrowing the leader would, but... Or maybe replacing them with a leader that wasn't the exact same that we've had, which we don't have the option to do right now because we have the person we're hoping to replace him with is the exact same thing that we've been dealing with for the last 30 years or more the rest of time. Who knows? But it's interesting to talk to him about the perspective of what the hell is happening over there. Like, think about when we walk around our everyday lives, like we don't run into protesters because we're not like down by the epicenter of the city and we're not like walking by the pro. Although you, you may have gone to a protest and may have participated that you would have had to go out of your way to do that. We as individuals kind of forget that on a macro scale, if you look, you're seeing a riot in like 20 US cities on any given night right now and it's insane. And the and at the same time we're handling coronavirus the worst out of anybody. It's getting worse. It's coming back. We opened up too quick. Like all this stuff is not just opened Ooh, up quick, but it, randomly decided that wearing a mask was for pussies for for whatever reason. Yeah. Now that's part of political thing too. That's it's crazy to me how anything can get politicized. Now this is what I'm saying. Like I'm not anti-conservative, but it is just absurd to me that literally everything can. Oh, vaccines, uh, you're on this side. Uh, masks, you're on that side. Global warming, yeah. What are you talking about? Those are all scientific questions. That's nothing to do with like whatever you feel about markets. They're just trying whatever. to bury science as deep as possible. Bro, We're all kind of getting lost in it. Yeah, of course it's going to get worse. Even the easiest procedures just for everybody to wear masks and that got politicized and now it's between the pussies and the not and the the people who are badasses for not wearing masks and the president is the main cheerleader so <laughs> like i don't get it man maybe we should just take a internet reset button take a 24-hour period where we just we're not on the internet just reset things Take a little chill pill. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Shutting down the internet, that's going to make yeah, society yeah, yeah. go real, real <laughs> yeah. well. Well, I mean, dude, all yeah, I know is that quarantine really like kind of, uh, I'd say grounded me a little bit. I think it grounded everyone, to be honest. Yes. When we, you just, we just took a second. We had a few weeks where like, all right, what are we going to do? I don't know. And like, yeah, maybe I played too much magic or whatever. But like, I realized like 
the amount of like things that I didn't have time for the, like I was, and I was like swiping, you know, like in Instagram and all this stuff and just like spending money on this and spending. And it's just like, that, that, is that really the life that we all wanted? Like we were just kind of trapped in this, like this cog that, and now like, it's like when things reset, maybe we should have better priorities. But I doubt we will. We'll probably just rage and go, you know, and I'm granted I love festivals. But like, yeah, everyone just wants to like go out and rage like even before quarantine is really over. Yeah, well, different responses, right? I, I, I agree with you, Adam. I think a lot of people are going to use quarantine as a reset. And even society, man, like it's even right now, like going back to play poker or going grocery shopping, you could tell we're in a different world. It's it's and it hasn't really found its footing yet, you know, like. Yeah, um, it's yeah, and it's an election year in the United States, which also makes it crazy. I don't know, man. We <laughs> may you live in interesting times. Here we are. There's going to be a long four months, five months before we get to election day. Oh my god! And then we still got to deal with the lame duck period that Trump will probably. Oh my god! Stop around it. with stop it. Yeah. You're not allowed to. I, I, I know. Me and Kareem have talked about the private concern of what happens if he is not reelected. Because he's not going to just accept that. He's not going to say, okay, I'm out. He's going to say it was voter fraud. It was BS. There was a hack, whatever. I mean, he already claimed anybody who thinks that that's outlandish. He still to this day claims that the election that he won was fraudulent. He still claim only because he didn't win the popular vote. Like he got the election. He's the president. He won. And he's still telling people that it was fraudulent and that millions of illegals voted and that it was rigged. So what do you think he's going to say in an election that he loses? <laughs> I don't know. And I have yeah. no idea what happens if he does lose. Yeah. Or well, either way, I feel like we're just kind of in a shit spot where if he does win, Trumpers are going to be mad. And if he doesn't, the everyone who hates him is just going to, there's going to be more riots. Let's be honest too, by the way, just real quick. The only awesome thing that would come from Trump losing is Trump being out of office because Biden's like literally 150 <laughs> can barely put together a sentence. Yeah, I'm but sorry, like, bro. He yeah, at least has people like I think I saw someone say like at least Biden understands to have smart people around smarter people around him. Whereas I feel like Trump is like, I just got to have people that I can control. Yeah. Loyalty, Whereas Biden right? can't really control. You know, to, yeah. 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 Didn't everybody have to declare their loyalty in a meeting to him or something? Yeah, bro, of like, course. I don't know. Listen. I don't get me wrong. I'm not going to debate that Biden's not going to be better, but it's literally like the fact that those are the options. I mean, how much lower can we get? Bro? Is that um, what is it, a Rick and Morty reference or something where it's just like, oh no, maybe it's South a Park. Douche and a turd. Yeah. <laughs> douche and a turd. It's always a douche and a turd. Douche and a turd. Yeah, but douchier oh, and turdier. Anyway, yeah. we're getting very political, guys. Why don't we call it a day? And yeah, we've gone like we've left. we've way off the rails. This well, I might even have I mean, Jason edit it out. Fe- I don't know. The, the Fed, Fed. The Fed. Is literally that is politics, I'd say, essentially. Like there's definitely people controlling, you know, or or at least having, you know, some say with it. The we'll give you we'll we'll touch base again to keep all of you posted on the American Revolution too. <laughs> yeah, the American <laughs> Revolution again. Jesus. <laughs> oh my god. We don't know what we're revolving from, but it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, I guess we were venting a little bit. That's okay. We're in some weird times here in America to everyone, who, all the foreigners out there. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed listening to Kareem, you know, wax poetic about the Federal Reserve. 
<laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, if you're interested in possibly joining an Adam poker tournament, make sure you're in our Discord. If we announce it, that's probably where it would be. We wouldn't run the risk of putting it on Twitter. Just don't but, get mad uh, when he wins. Yeah, yeah. If we, yeah. if you would like to have an option to get second place in an Adam <laughs> poker tournament, let me rephrase that. The, it, it may happen again in the future. So join the Discord and check it out and say you're here for for a possibility of playing poker with Adam Ruthless Levy. And, and Brett, uh, uh, you know, sexy stud thing. I don't have a nickname. Well, that was your name on. Uh, he was the crypto yeah, chef right. for a while. Brent and crypto chef Philbin. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. We actually had a disconnect there in the middle of our outro. But basically, we were we were talking back and forth. But end result is the Fed is scary. The Crypto Basic podcast is here to help. And you can join our Discord if you'd like. Otherwise, we're not financial advisors. Please do not think that we are that because we're not. What we're doing is giving you some great entertainment for your future. And we're doing it well. So uh, reach out to us at CryptoBasicPodcast at gmail.com. If you've got any questions, you can check us out at CryptoBasicPodcast.com. Or uh, soon, I I last night I bought the best podcast dot crypto so we should be ready to go on that website as well uh so we'll see i don't know i might put a blog up there it was something to do with unstoppable domains that's it thank you for being a listener thank you for joining us and uh if you want some cool snippets in your inbox make sure you join our newsletter crypto basic podcast.com slash newsletter